Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. If you've been quarantining like me, you may have experienced Zoom fatigue. Video chat feels like it's here to stay, but are we going to have better options than Zoom or just more of them? Adam Clark Estes is our deputy editor at Recode and one of my bosses. Um, Adam, what, what inspired you to write about Zoom fatigue in the first place? I was inspired to write about Zoom fatigue because I suffer from Zoom fatigue and did almost immediately after the pandemic started. But I'm generally an optimistic person. And I wondered if I was going to feel this way forever or if there was actually like maybe a cool future in video chat. Uh, because I feel like for my entire life, people have been saying that video chat will be the future and, and it'll be awesome. Um, it hasn't happened quite yet, but but we're getting there. Can you explain what exactly this so-called Zoom fatigue is, though? Like, is there something about the tech itself that people are just getting tired of? Zoom fatigue is sort of a condition that a lot of people felt all at once and started talking about the sy- symptoms before it ever really gained the the title Zoom fatigue. It's the feeling when you've been sitting in hours of Zoom meetings all day at work, probably alone in a room talking to a screen. And for some reason, you just feel exhausted in a way that you wouldn't if you had been having these meetings in person. And a lot of it has to do with the, the technology you're using. Video chat software is not perfect. It's actually, in many cases, pretty bad. You might have a grainy picture. The audio might not be syncing up with the video. Even little stuff, like when you look at someone on a video chat and you're seeing their eyes, but they're not quite looking at you because they're looking slightly in a different direction to a camera, that wears on you as well. So all of these things add up to this just feeling of exhaustion is the best way to put it. Right. I mean, it feels like, you know, here at Vox, you know, we were using Zoom before the pandemic, but the pandemic really made Zoom into much more of a household name. So I guess when this pandemic ends, we're just going to go back to normal, right? We're never going to go back to normal after the pandemic. And I don't think we're going to go back to socializing in a a normal way. We're going to be using video chat more than we did before. And in many cases, I think it's going to be super convenient. Right now, you might be having your uh, doctor's visits or therapy sessions through video chat. I think that's going to continue after the pandemic ends. And the same goes for customer service. It's possible that the cable guy won't have to come to your home because you could have a video chat and kind of point your phone camera at the cable box and they can tell you what to do. So even if we were using Zoom before the pandemic and after the pandemic for work, you think it sort of is going to be much more a part of our day-to-day lives, even outside of the workplace? It's bound to continue to be an important part of our lives, if only because all of us have been forced to use it now and have found things to do through Zoom or any other video chat service that's more convenient than doing it in person. So you talk to a bunch of companies to try and figure out what comes next, right? What was the most surprising thing you heard when you talked with companies that were doing video chat? I was frankly floored when Andrew Bosworth at Facebook told me that we were going to have holograms in a couple of years. 
I think he was probably just saying that off the cuff, but he did not seem to think that I was crazy to suggest that we would be dealing with a very futuristic version of video chat in the near future. Of course, it's his job to sell us on this. He's the head of Facebook's virtual reality and augmented reality team. So he's he's definitely bullish on the idea that we're going to be talking to each other in virtual spaces more and in uh, more advanced ways. But he he seems to be thinking it's going to be happening pretty soon. What does the future of video chat tech look like here? I mean, do you, could you see dedicated calling devices just for video, virtual hangouts becoming a thing that people prefer instead of in-person hangouts? Like, sketch for me what you think the future of video chat technology looks like. Zoom itself, before the pandemic, was already thinking about the future of the desk phone. And around the time that this all happened, they launched what is essentially a a, a video chat device that you would have on your desk uh, at home or at the office, and you would go to that to make your video calls instead of using your laptop or or desktop. And I think those kinds of devices are going to continue to feel like a necessary addition to your whole office suite. Facebook makes the portal. Google makes the Nest Home Hub, which can now do Google Hangouts. Of course, Apple has iPhones and iPads that can do FaceTime. But I think the idea of having these dedicated video chat devices that have hardware that's specifically designed to deal with some of the pain points that cause Zoom fatigue, uh, things like there's AI software that will actually correct your gaze so that even when you're looking at the camera, the other person thinks that you're looking right at them. Um, I think those kinds of little tweaks add up to a much more seamless experience. I've tried it out and it does make a big difference. Um, So I think that even with a lot of smaller changes, people will be having less tiring Zoom chats and with dedicated components, hardware just for video chat. I think that it'll just be easier to do video chat as well. Adam, tell me what it was like to use the software that corrected your gaze. To be honest, you don't even notice it. It's it's like the other person's eyes are just moved ever so slightly so that they're looking at you. And and that's the whole point. You're not supposed to notice the things in video chat that bug you, even if they bug you subconsciously. And that's what a lot of the companies are trying to correct for. One thing that fascinated me when reporting this story was going back to the history of communication to when the telephone was invented, because I think that a hundred years ago, people were having similar feelings about the telephone as we're having about video chat now. It's not as good as talking in person. A lot of people were actually concerned about their privacy with, with telephones. They thought someone was in their house listening to them all the time. And I think some people feel that way about video chat now, but I don't think that it's beyond the realm of imagination that video chat will be just as normal and, and natural in, in a few years, likely thanks to everybody having to do it during the pandemic, as it is for us to pick up the phone and call someone. Adam Clark Estes is our deputy editor here at Recode. 